there. My name is Virginia, and you are listening to Where I Long to Be, a magical trip report podcast. Before we get into today's interview, if you or someone you know are traveling to Disney or Universal property anywhere worldwide and are interested in being a trip report guest, please reach out so we can see if your trip works with my schedule. The best way to reach out is through the trip report form, which is linked in the show notes, or you can also message me on the podcast's Instagram page at where I long to be podcast. I am currently looking for people who are traveling anytime in the remaining months for 2023. Now, all you need to have to be considered is an upcoming trip, the availability to be interviewed before your trip and after your return, and the enthusiasm to chat about your trip details. So if that's you, I would love to hear from you. And now we should jump into the reason you are all here for a trip report. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of chatting with Lauren Weintraub, also known on Instagram as nyc.disney.mom. Lauren is an authorized Disney and Universal vacation planner. And as you can tell by her Insta handle, she is based here in New York City, just like me. But for the summer, she was lucky enough to spend five weeks living in a vacation rental right down the road from Disney. While she was there, she had multiple staycations to various Disney resorts. For our conversation today, we got to talk specifically about the staycation she did for her husband's birthday weekend at Disney's Boardwalk Inn. But she also did share some details of her longer stay and how she decided to make the leap to being an Orlando local for the summer. And without further ado, let's get to my chat with Lauren. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. And where are you coming to us from right now? So right now, we are at a vacation home in Orlando for the next five weeks. Wow. I think that's a lot of people's dreams to pick up and move to Orlando or to at least go down for an extended period of time like that. I know we considered doing it during the pandemic and did not pull the trigger on it. Um, But Mm -hmm. you, most of the year live in New York City, which is where I live. Um, How long have you lived in New York City and how long have you been a Disney pass holder? So I've lived in New York City for about 13 years and I just got my annual pass um, like when they reopened recently a few months ago. I just picked it up when we got to Orlando last week and have my official physical pass and I've already been to the parks three times in the last six days. (laughs) That's very exciting. I will attest as a a fellow New York City pass holder, once you have one, it's very hard to let it go. Um, And you will find reasons to go down multiple times just to make sure you're getting your money's worth. It's basically free. Honestly, that's what I tell my husband. I'm basically going for free now. So... Um, Okay, can you tell us a little bit about your Disney history? How did you come to love the parks? And how did you become a Disney enthusiast? So I feel like I am not your typical Disney adult. I did not go to the parks as a child. My first time ever at Disney World, I was 23 years old and I was a nanny for a family and they took me to Disney World with them and I helped out with the kids and things. And then I did not go again until three years ago with my own kids and my own family. And we had the best time. We loved it. We got home. And my six-year-old cried every night for a week that he wanted to go back. And I was like, you know what? I feel the same way. I really want to go back too. And so we planned a quick trip, just the two of us. 
we left my husband and my three-year-old at home and we went just for 48 hours and we did three parks in one day and had the best time. And then I was like, oh, there's a Disney cruise that leaves out of New York City. We should go on that. So we booked that. And then I was helping friends plan their trips. And then I was thinking, you know, I should get paid to do this. And so then I joined a travel agency and then I keep finding reasons to go. You know, we went again over New Year's. I took my kids over President's Week. We went over spring break in April. I've gone with just other travel agents. So I just keep finding ways to go. And for me, part of it, honestly, is getting to kind of give myself a little bit of the childhood I never had because I never got to go as a kid. So a lot of it is still just like pure nostalgia for me and seeing all these like, you know, characters and things that I loved as a child. And then also obviously seeing my kids experience it for the first time is amazing. But honestly, a lot of it's just for me too. You know, I really love it. So I sort of have a similar Disney story. I did not go as a kid either. So the first time I went was in high school. And then I didn't go again until um, I went to Disneyland for like one day on our honeymoon on our way to Hawaii. And then after that, I didn't go until I had a five-year-old. Yeah. So very similar. And I think there is a part of it that's me trying to make up for the, what I would have wanted to have in my childhood, I didn't get to travel a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to make it sound like I had a terrible childhood. I did not have a wonderful childhood. We just didn't travel very much. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, at the time, because social media and the internet really didn't exist, I didn't know what I was missing. I just had this conversation with friends today that I didn't really know what I was missing as a kid. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I want to go to Disney World. All my friends are going to Disney World. Like my friends weren't going to Disney World. You know, I lived, we were Mm -hmm. like, you know, lower middle class in Texas. And we went to like San Antonio for family vacations and, Mm -hmm. you know, drove, we we went where we could drive. We didn't fly anywhere. So I definitely did not feel like I was missing out. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh man, my kids are so lucky. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so different when, you say my friends were not going to Disney World, but even if they had been back at the time, you probably may not have even known about it just because there was no right. place for them to post pictures or anything like that. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing about being a travel planner? Yeah. So, you know, honestly, I really like helping families kind of go in with a game plan because I feel like the people I talk to that go and they come back saying, we're never going again. That was a horrible experience. Went in with no like understanding of how Disney works. And it's so different now post-COVID world than it was before with all the Genie Plus stuff and the park reservations and everything. And I feel like when people go in and I hear these stories about Genie Plus was horrible. I only got to book like two rides the whole day. And I just want to say you didn't do it right. Like, you know, so I like talking to people and giving them the tools so that when they go... They know that like Magic Kingdom is going to close early on these nights for the Halloween party. They know that if you really want to ride Slinky Dog Dash, you have to book it first thing. Like so that they go and they have a great time and they have a good experience and they don't feel like they wasted thousands of dollars. Um, And I love when they send me pictures and stuff of, you know, their kids meeting characters and things like that. And, you know, my plan is not to do this as a full time career, even though a lot of people do. And I really, you know, I could if I really wanted to. But, you know, I am in a a graduate program to become a speech pathologist. So that's kind of my end goal is to do that. But I'm hoping to do that part time and then to continue doing the travel agent stuff part time on the side. 
um, to also, you know, be able to help finance my own trips to Disney. And I've also met a lot of really fun, great people through this, like other travel agents and we go on trips together. And and that's a whole other way to do Disney, going with other adults who also love Disney um, and even going by yourself. Like it's just, it's a blast. I really, really like it. I have several friends who are Disney travel planners and I've met a couple of new people who do it through through this podcast. And it sounds like it would be sort of an ideal way to sort of finance your own trips and also have that joy of talking to other people about trips, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing here is because I need to talk to people about this in between my own my own visits <laughs> to keep going and to keep those Disney blues at bay. Yes, the Disney blues are legit. And that's kind of how this whole thing started was just getting rid of those Disney blues by planning another trip, planning another trip. And then it was like, yeah, we're spending quite a bit of money on this, you know? And at the time, again, I'm a stay at home mom. So it's like, well, how can I feel like I'm contributing to these trips? I don't want to go like, I don't know how to, can't go find a job. Like I've got my kids at home. And that's when it occurred to me, I could do this anywhere. I do it from my phone. I do it from my computer. And then the little, you know, extra money I bring in, I, Literally 100% of it goes right back into other trips. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, nice, ideal, ideal world. Tell me a little bit about the group that is currently in your five-week stay. How many kids do you have? What are their ages? And is there anyone there besides your immediate family? Yeah, so my husband's here. I have two boys. They're seven and four. And then our dog, Oliver. <laughs> Oh, it's just us for the most part, but we actually had friends stay with us all weekend. They just left about two hours ago. So it was a really fun weekend. They have four kids. So it was a full house for the weekend, but that was a blast. Um, so yeah, it's just my, just my little family of four and we're doing, yeah, but lots of little hotel stays on the weekends. Like this coming weekend up, we're going to the boardwalk in and then we have a stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge in August. We're doing a Royal Caribbean cruise one weekend. So I'm kind of using this as our home base. Mm-hmm. My kids are doing, you know, a couple weeks of camp here and there. And when they're at camp, I go to the parks. And then on the weekends, we'll kind of do the parks um, together as a family. Is it an Airbnb or a VRBO rental? Yes, it's an Airbnb. Okay. How far are you from the parks? About 20 minutes, 20, 25, depending on which park. Nice. How did you choose this particular location? Is this a place that you were familiar with and had stayed at in the past, or you just kind of looked at what was available and picked? I literally looked at places that were dog friendly because that narrows it down a lot. I wanted us to have our own pool. I also wanted it to be in a community that just, you know how it is living in New York, you have neighbors above you, below you to the left, to the right. So I didn't want to be in a standalone house with any kind of space really between me and other houses. So these are nice. It's a bunch of townhomes. We all have our own pool. And then there's a nice big community pool that we can walk to, which is really fun if we want to, you know, meet with other people. I wanted it to be, you know, less than 30 minutes from Disney. And then I also did a lot of research looking for summer camps for my kids. And they're only doing three days a week for a few weeks while we're down here, just so that we're not completely, you know, have no plans the whole time. And obviously I need some time by myself to get to the parks. So I kind of just factored all those things in. And I also am kind of picky about the layout of the house, the design, the decor. So there were some houses that fit the bill, but I didn't like the beds or the couch or things like that. And so I Mm -hmm. 
finally found this house and it looked perfect. And I actually booked it last August. So we've had it booked for almost a year. I had it locked in. (laughs) Now I imagine that's because you're the planner that you are, but is it, is it a situation where if you had waited longer, you think you would have still had plenty of options? I think so. Yeah. Because actually we, you know, we didn't come down until a week ago. So mid July, And at some point months ago, I wished we had booked it to come down right when my kid's school ended at the end of June. I didn't like having that couple week lull. And so I started looking around. It was too late to change the house and everything had kind of fallen into place. But I was curious what other places are available. And of course, I'm already starting to plan ahead for next summer and where we should stay. And there are still plenty of options available last minute. But again, when you have a dog, it limits it quite a bit. And... um, my kids love the minions and, you know, this, this house happens to have like a really cute minions bedroom. So that also just kind of sealed the deal. I feel like we would have been fine if we waited a few weeks or a month before, but it's always risky. And it's always risky too, that the person will just cancel the reservation. So I also look a lot at reviews and which houses have a lot of reviews. I read through all the reviews to see, of course, there's going to be some three and four star reviews, but what are they for? Are they for big things or little things? And they were all for little things. Like there was only, you know, two packets of dishwasher soap and things like that. Um, and it just kind of felt like the right house. And and when we got here, it was exactly as advertised, which I love. And so far, we've been very happy. You said your kids love Minions. Does that mean that you're going to make your way over to Universal at all during this trip or mostly just to say? Yes. So we, we usually do a little bit of split stays when we come down here. So our December trip over New Year's, we did six days at Disney and we just did two nights and one day at Universal just to kind of test the waters. And we did it without express passes. And that was kind of rough over New Year's with kids, but we were just testing the waters. It was fine. And then when we came back over spring break for April, we sort of did the opposite. We did five nights at Universal and I think two or three park days and we did a premier resort. And so we got the express passes included, which made a world of difference. And, um, and then we went over to Disney just for two nights. It's hard to be down here and not do a little bit of both. So we're primarily doing Disney this summer, but we are going to do a couple nights at Universal and one or two park days. You know, my kids aren't quite tall enough to do all the, the rides there. I feel like it's geared a little towards older kids. And we're not a huge Harry Potter family either, which is a big draw. Mm-hmm. But I still like to go and keep up with everything. And I really do like the bigger rides. So I may even head over by myself one day. But we'll definitely go as a family, I think, towards middle of August for uh, probably two nights. Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody who's listening and has not done Universal, I think that um, the Express Pass is really the way to go over there. And because it's included in those premier resorts and you can get it on your check-in and your check-out day, it's worth it even if you just book one night at one of those resorts to get that pass. And I have to say, I don't think I can ever do Universal any other way than that again, because it is so nice being able to skip all those lines. And it saves you a lot of money. The more people are staying in your room, the more money you've saved on those express passes. So that's exactly what we did. We did five nights at Cabana Bay in a family suite, and we did one night at Hard Rock. And we did the trick of, I went straight to Hard Rock at 7am. I picked up our express passes. We went to the parks. We had them that whole day went back, enjoyed the 
the pool, the hotel. We didn't even check out of Cabana Bay. We just kind of ate the cost for that night. It wasn't worth it to check out, check back in. And then we stayed at Hard Rock that night, had a great time. The next day, again, woke up early, early entry, used express passes, and then went, went back to Cabana Bay. And for us, I mean, again, we weren't really using it for Velocicoaster and Hulk and things like that because my kids are younger. But the big draw for me and one of the big benefits over Genie Plus over at Disney is that you can do the rides multiple times, right? With Genie Plus at Disney, you can only book it one time per ride. But with the Express Passes, you know, say your kids wants to do the little, the Dr. Seuss ride, which I would not wait more than five minutes for that ride. It's like a, you know, it's a silly kid ride. And sometimes the wait's 30, 40 minutes. But with the Express Pass, you basically walk on. And then my four-year-old said, I want to go again. And any other time I would have been like, absolutely not. We're not waiting in line for that again. But we had the express passes, so we could just go again. We could go five times if we wanted. So with little kids who you know, after they ride something they love, they immediately want to go again. And they don't fully understand that that means waiting in the line again. So that was honestly worth it to me more than anything else, which is the ability to do rides multiple times that they loved. Yes, being able to do rides multiple times that they loved and also being able to do them when you want to do them. I always say Universal is fun and Disney is magical. And one thing that I really think that Universal is doing right is having that as an option for people. Because when you go to Disney these days, like you said, people walk away, they haven't had a good time. It's because they didn't do it right. And I say that same exact thing all the time. But then at the same time, I'm like, should it be that hard? Like, should it be hard right. for a new family who doesn't know what they're doing to even do the bare minimum at a Disney park? And with Universal and that Express Pass, you know, I was just talking to some friends the other day who are going to be down at Disney in the fall and they got a couple days worth of, of Universal tickets and they are not going to stay on property at Universal. And I said, because you're only going over to the parks for one day over there, I really think you should splurge and get the Express Pass because it is possible with that Express Pass, if you are there the moment the parks open and you plan to stay the entire day until they close and you have the park hopper, you could get everything you wanted to get done done because you have the flexibility to not be traipsing back and forth across the park. You're going from one thing to the other. You're doing what you want to do when you want to do it. So, and I wish, I wish it was that way at Disney. I agree. And that's, I have that conversation a lot in the planning stages is why is this so hard, you know? And it is frustrating that, you know, Genie Plus does require a lot of pre-planning and conversations and it's got a steep learning curve. I always tell people once you're in there and you're using it, you'll pick it up very quickly it's just daunting and overwhelming at first, but Universal is so much easier. It's so much more user-friendly, but it's so much more expensive for those express passes, which again, I, I always recommend that Premier Resort because unless you are, or only have one or two people, the Premier Resort's always going to be a better option financially than buying the express passes outright. And then you also get to be kind of immersed in the bubble. So I often will have people do a Disney stay and they'll just go over to Universal for the day. And again, with the express passes, you only need a day. You don't need more than a day to do both parks. I mean, of course you can go. And again, we've gone and done multiple days and we really took our time and we enjoyed the pools and city walk. There's so much to do, but you can easily go for a day with the express passes. And if you price it out, it's almost always cheaper to do the premier resort for one night versus buying them outright. 
Yeah. And this, these particular friends have already booked and made all their plans. And I was like, oh, I wish you would have talked to me before, but they're, they're willing and able to do the express passes just out of pocket. So it's going to be okay. But I was like, oh, you could have saved so much money because there's five of them. So five is like, when you have four or five, it's, you can save $300, $400 by doing that. And I, I had a family recently who was at Disney and they went to do a day at Universal. And I showed them the price options. Here's what it is. If you pay for Express Passes outright, here's what it is with the Premier Resort. And they chose to pay for them outright, even though it was $300 more, because they didn't want to deal with going to the Premier Resort, picking up the tickets in the morning. Now, again, that's fine. They were just like, whatever's easiest. We don't want to deal with like an extra step. We don't want to change hotels. And in my mind, I'm like, but, but <laughs> like, you know, that doesn't... It doesn't compute with me, but again, everyone's different. Um, but I always, always give those options to people. And 99% of the time they choose the premier resort and then they make a night of it. You pack an overnight bag, you drop it at Bell Services. It's exciting for the kids to stay somewhere new for the night, have different theming. And then that second morning when you wake up, if you're doing a second day, you're right there because Universal is also so much more condensed in an area that you can walk everywhere. So oh, yeah. I'm a big fan and I, I love when people are like, you know, is it is it doable to just go do Universal for a day on my Disney trip? Like, absolutely, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. You just need somebody who knows what they're doing to tell you how to do it, like you, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's get down to the staycation that we were going to talk about. So you said it's coming up this weekend. Um, which resort did you say you're staying at and how did you decide on that resort? So this weekend coming up, we are staying at the Boardwalk Inn. And the reason I chose that is it's my husband's birthday on Sunday. And I asked, what's your favorite park? Which I already knew. His favorite park is Hollywood Studios. And all of our favorite rides, it's Cosmic Rewind at Epcot. So I'm right there. I'm like, it needs to be one of the Epcot area resorts. So Beach Club, Yacht Club, or Boardwalk Inn. I decided to do boardwalk in because I feel like the boardwalk area is so fun and it's such like a hidden gem. You know, you can walk along the boardwalk. There's often, you know, live music and street performers. You can rent Surrey bikes and ride them along. There's jelly rolls, which is a super fun, lively, like piano bar. There's ice cream shops. I've just, we spent some time there on a recent trip, just walking around. And I said, oh, I really want to stay here. So that's basically how I picked it. So the plan is to just do Epcot and Hollywood Studios over the weekend. And it's great because you can walk to both parks from there. So do you check in on Friday? Yes. Okay. And then check out on Sunday. Yes. And my kids were supposed to go to camp Friday, but I switched them to Thursday because being the person I am, I want to check in as early as possible, enjoy the pool, enjoy the resort. And also, I feel like when you check in earlier, you sometimes have a better chance of getting a better room location or, you know, they also just went through a renovation. So I, you know, want to get one of the newly renovated rooms and things like that. So I didn't want to be checking in at four o'clock. I wanted to be checking in at, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. So that's the plan. And then we've got lots of fun dining plans. We're going to Beaches and Cream Friday night over at Beach Club, which is one of my favorite you know, um, eateries. Are you going to get the kitchen sink? Is you know, the question. I know we should <laughs> nothing just for, for the gram. I know we, we should, it is, I've seen it in person and it is quite large. Uh, I usually just get a regular milkshake, but maybe we should do it just for the fun of it. I don't know. Have you ever had it? 
No, I, I, it just looks too big. It's, it's too, too much. Big. Ice cream I feel for like me. you need a party of eight to eat it. It's crazy. Yeah. And I can't remember what I had when I was there last, but they have good food options. And I'm a more savory person anyway. So I would rather invest my calories yes. in like the actual uh, entrees yeah. and then just maybe get a little something for dessert later. I feel like their menu is so small, but everything is delicious. Like their grilled cheese and tomato Mm -hmm. soup blew me away. It's Mm -hmm. so good. I feel like the prices are incredibly reasonable for a Disney property as well. I think my kids got the kids meal and it was like a hot dog, some fries or chips or something. And then the cutest little ice cream that they put little Oreos to make it look like Mickey ears. And it was like $10 or something. It's a very affordable, reasonable dinner. Everything was delicious. And then we got, you know, milkshakes and um, went over and sat in like the sandy beach area by Beach Club. We watched the sunset over the boardwalk. It's just a nice, lovely time. So you're going to check in and then are you planning on going to any of the parks or this will be Friday, we'll be purely enjoying the pool and then having your beaches and cream reservation? I haven't decided if we're going to do like Saturday is the big Hollywood Studios day for sure. And that's where I have dining reservations for Friday. I haven't decided if we'll do Epcot Friday evening or if we'll do Epcot Sunday morning. So that is still up in the air. I know we're doing the beaches and cream, but I I don't think we're going to do a park. I think I would rather do a park Sunday morning, especially in the summer heat. I w- I'd rather like just get out early. So I think we're just going to enjoy the pool, check into the room. We have an early dinner at Beaches and Cream around 5 and then maybe go get some ice cream and then get a good night's sleep for our big morning because we are rope drop people for sure. <laughs> are you rope drop to close people with or without a break or how do you structure your days Yeah, typically? It depends on the weather. So normally when we come in January, we can do rope drop to close. But in July, I've been here for a week and I know that that's probably not going to fly. But with the benefit of being so close, it's so easy to go back for that break. So we will probably rope drop, head back around, you know, 12 or 1, and then head back later in the day. Because also, you know, the hottest part of the day is in the middle of the day. It's going to rain. It always rains in the afternoon. And then depending on the weather, we'll either swim or we'll just hang out in the room and relax. Because then I feel like we have more energy. Because I've seen Fantasmic. My kids have seen Fantasmic, but my husband has not. So we're going to do that. And then I I booked a dinner reservation to kind of get us motivated to get back by, you know, six o'clock to make the most of the evening. And we'll just see how much we get done. I mean, we've done that part multiple times. So it's really just about hitting all of our favorites, making sure we hit all of my husband's favorites. And then I always try to do something new each time that we haven't done yet, because I hear all the time from people how can you keep going back to Disney? You know, it's the same thing. Don't you get bored of it? I've been a million times in the last like three years and I still have not done everything. There's so much to do, so much more than just the rides. Even this last week when I went to a few parks on my own, I made a point to go to little shows and do things that I haven't normally done. So I'm excited to, yeah, kind of try and find something new. We're doing a couple new dining reservations and things like that. What other dining reservations do you have? We have the new Rodeo Roundup Barbecue. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing good things about that. We are Toy Story fans, so I definitely wanted to book that. I don't think it was open or it was just open. 
so we're doing that for dinner. And then for lunch, we're doing sci-fi dine-in, which is one of my favorites. And I don't think my husband has done that one either. I took my boys by myself over President's Week because they were off of school for a week. It was cold in New York. My husband had to work. So we go every year for President's <laughs> Week. In fact, we will be back again nice. next President's Week. <laughs> so we, we flew down. We, we stayed at Pop Century. And we just did Hollywood Studios one day. And we had lots of fun resort time. We did, you know, character meals and things like that. So we did sci-fi dine-in. It was my kids' first time. It was my second time. And it's just such a solid option because the atmosphere is so fun. It's so cool, figuratively and literally. Like, it's nice and cool and air-conditioned. It's dark. And I also feel like it's a nice sensory break from outside because it's so loud and noisy and bright outside. And a lot of restaurants are very loud and noisy as well. But sci-fi dine-in is so quiet because they have that screen where they're playing those old sci-fi movies and everyone's quiet and they're watching them. And it's just, it felt like a breath of fresh air. It felt like a nap for my senses. And the food was good. I got like a chicken salad sandwich. My kids got, you know, chicken fingers. You can get a milkshake, get a beer, just relax. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're doing that for lunch and then trying out the rodeo roundup for dinner. Okay. And then on Sunday, you said you might go to Epcot. Do you have any dining plans for, for Sunday as well? You know, I don't. I booked Trattoria Al Forno over on the boardwalk for breakfast because it has such a good breakfast and it's, you know, 200 feet from our hotel. But if we end up going to Epcot, I'm probably just going to check for last minute openings. And that's something else. I feel like people get so stressed about dining and if they don't get their dining 60 days out, everything is ruined. But there is almost always spots day of and day before for even really hard to get places because people cancel last minute. People decide they have too much going on and they don't want to go. So I may just, you know, I may just check Saturday evening, check Sunday morning and see see what's available and see if I can snag anything cool. Yeah. And especially with Epcot, even if you didn't get a reservation, if that's where you're going anyway, you have food and wine. Yes. Right. That will have started by then. I think, doesn't it start this coming week? Oh, yeah. I, I know. It does start. It, I was just there the other day and I was t- talking to my friend about how weird it is being there with no festival because it seems like there's always a festival. <laughs> and it was like, there's yeah. no, uh, there's no like booths anywhere. And also, one of my favorite quick service places in all of Disney is the La Cantina, the Mexican quick service place in the Mexico Pavilion. Mm-hmm. So I'm always down to eat that. So we honestly don't usually do a lot of dining reservations. And our first two trips, I don't even think we did any because we don't like to necessarily be tied down to a reservation we have to go to. But in the summer, I know how valuable it is to have a booked time where you know you're going to go sit in air conditioning for an hour because most of the quick service, you grab the food and you have to find a table outside. Sometimes there is no table and you're eating on a trash can or a bench. So I definitely have, I have more dining booked for this trip than I typically do. But I know at Epcot, there will be no shortage of good food, even if we don't make a reservation. All right. Well, this sounds like a wonderful birthday weekend for your husband. And I'm really looking forward to hearing how everything goes. And you said you have one more staycation coming up at Animal Kingdom Lodge? Yes. So then, yeah. So we have that planned for the weekend of August 11th. Um, 
yeah, August 11th through the 13th, we're staying in a Savannah View room at Animal Kingdom Lodge, which has been on my bucket list. And for that weekend, we're doing dinner at Sauna. We're doing a Boma breakfast on our departure day. And we're doing an uh, animal tour at Animal Kingdom, the Up Close with Rhinos tour, which again, we never normally do things like that. We're so busy with rides and things. So we're using this as an opportunity to try something new. I was trying to get that one for President's Week, and I waited too long before I decided to officially do it, and they were all booked up. So one day. I was looking at that one or the Caring for Giants, and I heard with the rhinos, you get to get a little bit closer to the animals than the Caring for Giants. So I'm excited for that. And both my kids meet the the age requirement for it. So that's great. All right. Well, Have a wonderful trip this coming weekend, and we will talk to you again very soon. Great. Looking forward to it. All right. Take care. Bye. Welcome back, Lauren. You have just come off of your first, I think, of at least two staycations that you're doing during your long jaunt to Orlando, uh, which I'm personally jealous of. I can't wait to hear all about this. When we last spoke, you told us that this particular staycation was going to really be sort of focused around your husband's birthday. So you chose Boardwalk Inn because of that. How did Boardwalk Inn live up to your expectations? Um, What was the check-in day like? Yeah, so we really liked it. Uh, We went on Friday. We chose the Boardwalk Inn because it's really convenient to Hollywood Studios and Epcot, which are the two parks we were focusing on for the weekend. My husband really likes both of those parks. So I really liked the vibe of it. Uh, The pool area was super fun. The kind of Coney Island themed slide. So Friday, we dropped our dog off at a doggy daycare. And actually just me and my kids went to check into the hotel around noon because my husband had to do a full day of work and he planned on meeting us at the hotel around five o'clock. We have a dinner reservation. So my boys and I checked in. Actually, the plan was to drop our bags at Bell Services and go to the pool, but our room was actually ready at noon. So we checked into our room and it was great. They have just done a big remodel of their rooms at the Boardwalk Inn. And so they were like, brand new redone. You could almost still kind of smell like the fresh paint. And I really, really like the remodel. They felt really large and spacious. We had a nice balcony that kind of overlooked the boardwalk, a little bit of the water, the nice lawn right there. So we immediately changed into our swimsuits and went to the pool and we had a blast. My kids swam for two hours. I got possibly two cocktails. <laughs> Who was counting? Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Some may say. I went down the slide multiple times by myself because neither of my kids were interested. So I made them swim over to where they were like by the bottom of the slide. And I was like, mommy's going on the slide. And then, yeah, we went back to the room. We freshened up. My husband came. He, you know, unpacked. And then we headed over to our dinner reservation at Beaches and Cream, which is over at Beach Club. And that's just a super fun, low-key kind of like diner and, you know, super good ice cream and stuff like that. So that was our first day. What did you end up choosing from the menu at Beaches and Cream? Good question. So I've gone before and I always get the grilled cheese and tomato soup because it's so good, but I forced myself to try something different. So I got the French dip and it was incredibly good. It was very good. 
And then my husband got the burger and we got milkshakes. So we never do any like super crazy desserts, like the kitchen sink or like the big crazy Sundays. I just like to get my milkshake to go because okay. then my kids love to go play in the sand over there. And then I just sit on one of the, you know, benches and let my kids run around and play while I drink my milkshake. It's very nice. And that does sound nice. And I love that sand area. I don't particularly like playing in sand, but I like the way it looks. <laughs> yes, I know. And then, of course, we get back to the room and everyone has sand on them and we have to take a bath. Uh, but my ki- that's one of my kids' favorite things is just playing in the sand. <laughs> mm-hmm. What kind of milkshake did you get? I didn't ask the flavor. I forget. It was like a confetti something. So... I think it was like vanilla with sprinkles. And if you get it there, you can actually get it in like a signature glass that you get to keep. And it's got like a cupcake on top and it's a whole big thing. Yeah. I just get it to go. It's easier to drink. It costs less than the souvenir cup, which I don't, I don't particularly like having to take things back home with me after trips. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it just kind of tastes like birthday cake. It's really yummy. Uh, have you ever been to Black Tap Burger? No. I think it's called. So it's it's here in the city. I think there are other locations. I don't know where, but I know that it originated in New York. And they're famous for these over-the-top milkshakes. And my son got one that was like a birthday cake flavor like that. And it had an entire slice of birthday cake, yeah. like so huge on the top. It's just crazy town. I feel like things like that are so cute and they're so great for like social media, like getting a snapshot mm-hmm. and posting it. But in reality, I feel like they're not that, I don't know, they're not that appealing or they're just messy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know for the one that he had, they literally dip. I don't know if they dip it or if they just like spoon on icing to the edge, to the rim of the glass, and then they roll it in the sprinkles. So it's like the outside of your glass is covered in icing. So right. not particularly a clean dessert to have. Yes. <laughs> um, before we get too much further, I did want to ask what doggy daycare situation yes. were you using? So I had planned on using, there's kind of like a, it's not owned by Disney, but there's one that's basically on Disney property. I think it's called the Best Friends Pet Hotel. Mm-hmm. And they actually shuttle from certain resorts to the, um, you know, boarding There's actually a few Disney hotels that are pet friendly and you can take your dog there. And some people will take their dogs to those and then they'll shuttle them to the daycare during the day. But I waited too long and they were fully booked. Luckily, there's no shortage of doggy boarding places in Orlando, Florida. So I found one called Pet Paradise and they actually have a ton of locations. So I did the one in Lake Buena Vista and it was about 10, 15 minutes away from Disney. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I mean... The facilities were nice. They have indoor play areas, outdoor play areas. They have a doggy pool shaped like a bone that was only like, (laughs) it was so cute. It was less than a foot deep and they have live webcams everywhere, like in the pool, the play yard, everything. So, and I, we kept checking in. My kids thought it was so fun. Like, let's check on Oliver. Let's check on Oliver. And we would check and see if we could see him. And then they send you a little like report card about how he's doing. You know, we had a great experience and it's the same price as the other one. So we're actually going on a Royal Caribbean cruise this coming weekend and I'm going to put him in the same place. Oh, thanks. That's really good to know. Okay. Yeah. We'll make sure to grab the link to that and include it in the show notes. Um, I've looked at the best friends place uh, before and been really tempted by it. And of course, I'm, I'm tempted to also try that one because I know it's a good one to try for people going to Disney. 
we have multiple more staycations. So I may end up trying that at some point, but now it's like we're comfortable and I feel like he'll be less nervous going into a place he's already been before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I might, I still might try the best friends pet hotel for, we have another trip kind of the last weekend we're here in August. I might, I might try that one. Did the place you went have the upgrades that best friends has? Cause I've noticed it's like, the oh my gosh. Oh, I know. It's like warm milk for your cat, extra snuggles for your dog, a <laughs> bedtime story. It's ridiculous. They have some similar ones, not quite that uh, luxe, but um, they definitely have some add-ons you can do for sure. But no, the Best Friends Pet Hotel cracks me up. And that one, I think you actually can have like a webcam in your dog's little room where you can like talk to them. So that's one thing. When our dog was sleeping in his little room or whatever, we couldn't see him then. You could only see him in like the playtime. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I may have to try it to kind of compare. Yeah, I just think it's hilarious because I don't read my dog bedtime stories here at home. Why would I pay somebody else to do it? And I tell you what I think it is. I think it's people who brought their dog with them on vacation and feel guilty that they're then putting them in a pet hotel. Oh, I'm sure. They're playing they'll, up to that. They'll pay that extra $20 or whatever. I would pay for extra snuggles. I would pay for sure. one-on-one snuggles. Sure. <laughs> That's different. That's different. Yeah. Um, And I don't even know that the talking to your dog through the camera is, I I know for us, whenever we talk to Walter, our Maltese, through the phone when one of us is home and the other is not, he gets very confused about where the voice is coming from. So I- I, My dog has no idea. He's looking everywhere but at the phone. He has no idea. Yeah. Um, okay, so you got checked in. You had that that nice evening by the pool and your beaches and cream. The next day, you were headed to Hollywood Studios. You had said that you are a rope drop family. Did you make it out the door in time for rope drop? We did. We always do. Um, yes, I was up at six forty five. I bought Genie Plus right at seven. I booked Slinky Dog Dash, and I got a great return time of like nine forty in the morning. I booked Rise of the Resistance, and then the park opens at 8.30. Early entry was at 8, and we got there. I think we left the room at 7.15, and we were there by 7.40, and we just walked. Yeah. That pathway is super easy to walk. Yes, for sure. And we took a boat back later in, like, the heat of the day, and it takes longer to take the boat or the Skyliner. It really just depends on if you're okay with walking, but as New Yorkers, we are fine with it. Very convenient. And then we were in the park before eight. So before early entry even started and we rope dropped Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and we were on it in five minutes. It was great. Nice. Yeah. You can really do a lot with that, that early morning time. I know it's very hard for some families to get up and out the door, but if you have limited time, that is, in my opinion, it should be a priority to get there early. For sure. And what we typically do, and again, we've been so many times now, our strategy has changed over the years, but now we basically try and do as much as we can standby in that first hour or two, and then we can still book those same rides later and do them again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for example, Slinky Dog Dash was 35 minutes after we had already done Mickey and Minnie's and Toy Story Mania. And later in the day, it was, you know, over an hour. So if you in the morning, prioritize doing a couple things that you think you might want to do more than once, and you only wait five or 10 minutes, then you can book them later and do them again on Genie Plus. Because, you know, the one downside of Genie Plus is you can only book each ride one time. 
So that's a really great strategy if you want to do things more than once is to rope drop them. Yeah. Okay. So Toy Story Mania was your second ride of the day. I have to ask, who is the winner in your family when it comes to Toy Story Mania? So it fluctuates between my husband and myself. The first time we rode it, he beat me barely. But then we actually did ride it later in the evening and I beat him. So, you know, I think we're about 50-50 on that ride. (laughs) Are you competitive? Are you always trying to beat each other? Of course, yes. (laughs) And we never get to sit together because I'm always sitting with one child and he's sitting with the other. Uh We we take a screenshot. We take a picture of our score to compare. Yeah, you have to prove. (laughs) I want to prove. And we always try to do the level up thing, like where you can do certain things and it opens up higher point value items. Do you know about I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. So like there is... One, I think, where there's a volcano in one of the screens that you come to. And if you make it explode, then some of the other stuff on that screen becomes higher point values. And so, like, if you're working together as a team on, if you're sitting together, you can both aim for that so that then it opens you both up to the possibility of getting those higher point value things. So I'm always strategizing. I've wondered about that because you know how at the end it says like best in vehicle, best overall today, mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes I see these scores and I'm like, I don't know how people are getting that score because I am good. I'm accurate and I'm fast. Yeah. And my score is nowhere near that. But I didn't realize there were special things you could open up for more points. So now I, I mean, I might have to go to Hollywood studios tomorrow and just try that out. <laughs> yeah. No, if you Google how to get high points in that game online. It will tell you which screens you're aiming for what thing. And you could very easily do that without mentioning it to your husband. And next time just go really. (laughs) I won. I love it. After Toy Story Mania, you got on Slinky Dog. What was after that? So things actually took a little bit of a turn. And I'm going to share this because I feel like with kids, they're so unpredictable And you can go in with all the expectations and sometimes you have to change your course. And I can be very like, here is what we are doing in this order because I know the system and I know what is best, right? Mm -hmm. But with a four and a seven-year-old, that doesn't always fly. So we were going to go do alien swirling saucers. Mm -hmm. And my four-year-old was like, no, I don't want to do it. And we were like, okay, that's weird because he's normally very go with the flow. And then we actually hadn't done Slinky Dog yet. We had the lightning lane for it coming up in like 10 minutes. And he's like, I don't want to do Slinky Dog either, which is also one of his favorite rides. And my husband and I are like, okay, this is weird. Uh, And we kind of tried to force it. And he like freaked out and was like, no, I don't want to do any Toy Story rides. So I took my seven-year-old and we went to go do Alien Swirling Saucers. And my husband asked my my four-year-old what he wanted to do. And he wanted to go to Star Wars land. So they start walking over to Galaxy's Edge. And I'm a little annoyed because we're splitting up and this isn't the plan. And we have Slinky Dog in like 10 minutes. And so we do Aliens Rolling Saucers and we meet up with my husband and my four-year-old. And he's really grumpy. And I was like, what is going on? Like, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do the Stormtrooper ride, like Rise of the Resistance. And I was like, okay, we have that booked for later. But, you know, a four-year-old doesn't understand that. He wants to go now. We, We couldn't go now. We had it booked at like 1230. But I decided to check the wait times and Star Tours only had a five minute wait. And Star Tours is a great Star Wars ride that usually has a low wait. 
So I said, okay, we can't do the Stormtrooper ride right now, but there's another Star Wars ride that we can go to right now. And he got so excited. So we changed course and I was like, we're just going to be late to Slinky Dog, but they're usually pretty accommodating with you being late to a lightning lane versus early to a lightning lane. Mm -hmm. So we headed over to Star Tours. We did that. He squealed with delight the whole time. We came out and, you know, there's that area in Tatooine Traders where you can build your own lightsaber. Mm -hmm. So I asked if they wanted to do that. They got so excited. Both my kids built their lightsabers. And then he was in a delightful mood the entire rest of the day. And he was super happy after that. We went to do Slinky Dog. We did Alien Swirling Saucers. And then he was just go with the flow the whole day. It was just one of those moments where I had a plan set. He did not want to do it for whatever four-year-old reason. Mm-hmm. And instead of pushing, I decided to just follow his lead in that moment, which is hard sometimes. And it paid off. All he needed was that little bit to be like, here's what I want to do. We made somewhat kind of it happen. And then he was happy and he had a great time. Um, but for a minute there, I was like, is this going to be the worst day? <laughs> is he going to be a like, cranky mess the whole day? Um, yeah, but it, it ended up working out, luckily. Do you recall what the cost for the Build Your Own Lightsabers is? It was $30, which is okay. super reasonable. They're great lightsabers. So, you know, the ones at Savi's workshop, I always tell my clients when I'm, because I'm a, you know, travel agent, I always tell them those are not really little kids' toys. No. The Savi's ones, they're items. They're collector's items. They're for teenagers, adults who want to put them on a shelf and display them. They're not to be played with. They do not collapse. They're very hard to get back on a plane, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Because people often, oh, my kid would love that. Okay, well, it's also $250. So I always tell them to go to Tatooine Traders, which we had actually never done before, but I've recommended it a million times. And it's great. The the cast members help you. You get to pick out so many different parts, what kind of handle you want, what kind of color you want, what little like button you want. Uh, they each picked them out. They collapse down to a smaller mm-hmm. size. They're plastic. They light up. $30. And I got my annual pass discount. So yeah. Yeah. It was great. You know, I always recommend that to people who have younger kids, especially. My uh, nephew that I'm taking for the first time in February is obsessed with lightsabers. And I'm like, Aww. don't worry, I'm going to get you one. And I'm like, I gotcha. Exactly where we're going. Because we have one of the the ones from Savi's workshop because we did it before they did the price increase, back when it was only $200. Yes, $199. <laughs> we did it. And, you know, it was a really special experience, but it's a collector's item. He hardly ever pulls it out. We don't have anything to display it on the wall. So it's in its little case that it came yeah. with. Um, but I think that's you know, a really special thing for like, yeah, a teenager, an older kid or an adult who really loves Star Wars and it would be very meaningful to them. Mm-hmm. But for sure, my kids would break it within an hour and yeah. I would be very annoyed. So yeah. if they break the $30 ones. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. All right. So after going back over and doing Slinky Dog Dash, what mm-hmm. was after that? So then we, I think we had an early lunch at Sci-Fi drive-in or dine-in, which is one of my favorite spots because it's such a cool, unique atmosphere without the upcharge of a lot of the unique dining, right? A lot of the unique dining, like Space 220 or all the character meals, it's a per-person charge. It ends up being a very expensive meal, even if your kids hardly eat anything. But what I love about sci-fi is it's such a cool experience and it's just a regular menu. So your kids can get like chicken fingers or French fries, or they could just get a side of fries. Like they don't have to get anything 
special. The food is pretty good. It's nothing amazing, but it's, I've had, you know, I've liked everything I've eaten from there. And it's fun. You sit in these old fashioned retro cars. They play like old sci-fi movies and cartoons and the volume is really low. So it's not like you're in a movie theater blasting at you. It's dark. It's cool. It's quiet because everyone's kind of watching the screen. It's not as loud as a typical restaurant. So it's my go-to recommendation for a Hollywood Studios sit-down meal because it just provides a really nice relaxing break Mm -hmm. uh, for everyone. Yeah. Are your kids into the whatever they're showing on the screen there? They are. I mean, they'll watch anything that's on a screen, to be honest. (laughs) Like. They, they're good with that. So they're watching it and they're, they're definitely, you know, and I do mention to people, if your kids, you know, get scared and stuff, but it's not scary because it's not loud. I think a lot of the scary stuff is the volume and it's so quiet. You can barely hear it, but it's just like, you know, like the big ants crawling across or like, you know, things like that. But they, they do, they sit quietly and they watch it. And, and we actually, like, we put my two kids in the seat in front of us and my husband and I got to sit together and almost kind of enjoy a meal together, you know, (laughs) while the kids were, you know, entertained on the big screen. It was great. Nice. What was up after that? Was that the midday break? No. Oh, then we had Rise. Okay. So after lunch, we had Rise of the Resistance, which is my four-year-old's favorite ride. (laughs) Like He loves that ride. And then after that, we headed back to the hotel for a break because it is very hot. And when the weather is nice and 72 degrees, we can stay all day at the park. But when it's 92 degrees and it feels like 100 with the humidity, mm-hmm. we need a break. And I wanted my kids to make it to Fantasmic. So we went back for a break. And what I typically do with my kids is I turn off the lights, I put on the sound machine. And I just say, okay, we're just going to rest for 45 minutes. Like you don't have to sleep because if I say they have to sleep, they will resist. Mm-hmm. So I just say, we're just going to rest. And in 45 minutes, you guys can watch TV, play your iPads, whatever. And then everyone falls asleep, including myself and my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we get up and then I, you know, they have a little TV, iPad time, what have you. And then we change and get freshened up and then we head back to the parks and then they're, they're much more likely to make it all the way till the end of the night. So and then when we headed back, our first stop was the um, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue in Toy Story Land, which, listen, I was very excited about this restaurant because we love Toy Story. We love all things Toy Story. They have forky shirts on. We're all about it. And I have to say the theming was absolutely adorable like so good every single inch of that place is covered in toy story stuff all the colors big statues it was great and we actually really liked the food uh my husband and i did my kids did not and here's the problem the big problem i think with roundup rodeo barbecue is there are not really any typical kid-friendly options if your kids don't like barbecue Right. So there's like brisket, there's ribs, there's barbecued chicken, but there's no like chicken fingers, hot dogs, burgers, anything like that. So everything was slathered in barbecue sauce, which again, my husband and I loved. And I thought everything was delicious. My kids wouldn't touch anything. The sides were like, you know, baked beans and things like that, cornbread. Um, And they did have mac and cheese side, but it was different. It was like 
not typical mac and cheese and it had like crumb stuff on it. So they basically ate some of the cornbread and <laughs> that was really it. And that's one of those meals that you pay a lot of money per person for. So it was a disappointment for my family, particularly because my kids just weren't into the food at all. However, I would 100% go back by myself and I will definitely recommend it to anyone, especially if they love Toy Story. Mm-hmm. But just to keep in mind that if your kids don't like barbecue stuff, they may not eat a ton. Um, I just wish they even had like just an option to get some chicken fingers or some french fries on the side or something for like those picky kids. Did you ask about that while you were there? Because I know some places where it's not on the menu, if you ask, could we get chicken fingers, they can do it. I did not. I did not. And you're right. I have heard that before that like, if it's possible or even like, yeah, if if there's something, you know, nearby or something, I did not. And we were just kind of, you know, it had also started pouring rain when we were waiting for our table. And of course we brought the stroller cover for the kids. And did we remember our ponchos? We did not. So we're ducking for cover. We finally get called in. My poor husband is like soaking wet. And it was just, I was annoyed because I had I had been so excited about this reservation and they immediately were like, what's that smell? It smells yucky. I don't like this. And I was like, like they're being brats. Like I was so annoyed. But then the desserts came out and of course they loved the desserts because the desserts were adorable and delicious. Everything served family style, right? So that's the thing. They brought up this big platter of food and put it on the table. And my kids were just like, yuck, I don't want that. And it's like, well, it's on the table. Like I can't remove it. Um, And so desserts were similar for the adults. It was kind of like you could choose from an assortment of these little, like they were like in little tiny jars. So one was like a blueberry cheesecake, which is what I got, which was delicious. There was like a chocolate silk pie. There was an apple pie. And then the kids got these really cute little cupcakes that had a little forky cookie on it, which was so cute because my kids were wearing their forky t-shirts. So of course they ate that and they were like, this is really good. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) So they did. They had cornbread. My four-year-old had the watermelon and they both had the forky cupcakes, but I really, I liked all the food, like everything we ate except for there was like a salad that I thought was a little bland, the dressing, but we really liked it. So it was really just my kids. <laughs> well, I think there's probably other kids out there like that, but I, I will say for anybody who's listening, do, do ask. And a lot of times they can accommodate and the worst thing yes. is no. I will do that next time for sure. How was the Andes coming bit that they do there? That was super fun. So yeah, you know, there's lots of fun theming stuff going on. And yeah, one of the things they do is they, you know, Andy's coming and everyone has to freeze like you're one of the toys and everyone gets really into it. It's very cute. Like the cast members, kids, grownups. It's so cute to see like, you know, some dad who's walking back from the bathroom, like completely freeze and stop. And my kids were just cracking up. They thought it was super cute. Well, I'm looking forward to trying it. Uh, I'm not huge into barbecue, but I I have heard enough good things that I'm I'll go for it. Um, I like barbecue just fine. I just don't. Yeah. Um, All right. So after dinner, you were going to do Fantasmic, but what did you have time for in between dinner and Fantasmic? So we hit a bunch of rides again that we had hit in the morning. So after dinner. So, you know, in the morning on standby, we had done Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Aliens Rolling Saucers, and Toy Story Mania without booking any of those on Genie Plus. 
And then so in the evening after dinner, um, actually throughout the day, because, you know, you can book every two hours. So throughout the day, when when my two hour marks kept happening, I was booking for the evening things like Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, Toy Story Mania, et cetera. So we did Toy Story Mania again. We did Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway again. And then we headed over to Fantasmic. And we were rushing because I had everything planned, of course. And then Mickey and Minnie's broke down while we were in line, which happens fairly often with that ride and Rise of the Resistance and the ones with kind of that new technology. So then you're always left in the position of, do I wait it out? How long is it going to be down? Do I stay? My kids were excited. We were kind of like, let's give it like 10 minutes. It was only down for about 10 minutes. Then when it came back up, you know, it's like moving kind of slowly. And at that point, once it's back up and it's moving, we're not getting out of line yet. Although many people did because they clearly were heading to Fantasmic. Mm -hmm. So we didn't get out of Mickey and Minnie's till like 8.45. And Fantasmic starts at 9. And I had wanted to like be there at 8.40 getting popcorn and getting seats. So my husband and I literally took turns like sprinting with the double stroller (laughs) to get there. (laughs) And then we get there and it's like... 8.55 and my kids have to have popcorn. They have to have popcorn for the show. So then it's like, you get the popcorn, I'll get the seats. So I'm taking the kids and I find seats and they're like in the nosebleeds, which is fine. You can still enjoy the show. And my, my kids and I had seen it before. So it was really just my husband that didn't get like the best view for his first time, Mm -hmm. but we had a nice time. We enjoyed the show. Um, my kids both stayed awake for it, which is nice. Last time my little one fell asleep. And yeah, it's a nice show. And it's just, it's a nice change of pace from the the other typical fireworks shows at Epcot and, and Magic Kingdom. Um, and I like it a lot. I do caution people that like, it does have a little bit of some scary elements. It's very villain heavy, right? So there's quite a bit of like good versus evil. So I do always tell people if, you know, some kids are fine doing like, Everest or a huge roller coaster, but they don't like anything kind of scary. Right. Right. Like I had a client recently say like her kid will do all the big rides, but he gets scared by like Ursula and things like that. So for a kid like that, I would maybe use caution with going to Fantasmic because there is quite a bit of villain um, imagery and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's that uh, snake, I guess, that comes out as well. And then the part that I think is the scariest in terms of villains is the one where it's sort of a montage of villain changing into villain. Yeah. And they're like one into (laughs) the next, into the next. And I love it because I'm a huge villains person, but every time you're like, oh gosh, how many kids are going to start screaming? Yes. And even my husband was like, this is a little much, right? Like my (laughs) kids are fine with it, but it was, it's just like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah," like over and over and it's like, Oh man, especially if you're sitting like really close up front, like it's very large and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, for sure. It's pretty intense, but it's, I think it's a great show. So did your clothes dry out? If you were soaked going into the reservation, did you ever get dry before Fantasmic? I did. My poor husband did not. And I didn't realize it till we got back to the hotel and he was like, my clothes are still soaking wet because what happened is I was like, oh, it's raining. Here's the double um, the stroller cover and we put that on and then we tried to find cover by rodeo roundup and there was really only enough space for one person. And I took that space. <laughs> my poor husband 
basically it was left out in the rain. And eventually, because we waited for probably 15 minutes for our table. So after a few minutes, I sent him off to just find shelter. And I was like, I'll text you when the table's ready. Mm-hmm. So he got the worst of it. So I was pretty much dry. And my kids were totally fine because they were under the cover. And I didn't realize he was still soaking wet until we get back to the hotel and his hat, his shirt, his shorts, everything. So luckily, we had laundry on our floor and I just took the clothes and threw them in the dryer. And so they were dry for the next day. Do you use the tactic of during every break, always changing clothes during the high heat times of the year? Yes. Um, Typically, I will say this last on the Hollywood Studios Day, my kids didn't want to change their shirts because they Mm -hmm. were the forky shirts. Uh, but I always fully change and I will usually just rinse off in the shower as well. My kids refused to take a bath or a shower before our little rest. So I'll get a wet washcloth just with like a little bit of body wash, get it moist and then just run it all over their face, their arms, their legs, just so they're not getting into their bed completely sticky. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always fully change my clothes because I get like soaking wet from the sweat. It's gross. Yeah. So they wanted to keep their shirts, but they did have change of undies and shorts just to like freshen up a little bit and they kept their dirty sweaty forky shirts on (laughs) but typically the other park days I usually have a second outfit for them for the evening but I didn't have anything on theme (laughs) yeah I have some really good um, body wipes that it's so funny my husband so every year you know as a mom I am the stuffer of stockings during the holidays You stuff your own stocking. My own. (laughs) And so I think it was last year, I was like, I do not want to stuff my own stocking this year. I just want people to think of what I would like and put it in my stocking. And I made this huge deal of it. So my husband stuffed my stocking and he picked out some good things. And then one of the things that was in there was this like 10 pack of smaller packets of body wipes. And I pulled it out and I was like, okay and he's like you love wipes and I'm like, <laughs> like i do <laughs> but i have to tell you i know what you like <laughs> which i don't think i'm particularly like occasionally i'll buy like the neutrogena makeup wipes or whatever but yeah. generally i'm more of like a, a face wash kind of person not like using a, a wipe and uh but somehow he, he was like this is going to be the thing and it's so funny because here we are in, it's just turned August, but literally a week ago, I reordered the packet of wipes yeah. because I, I really love them. <laughs> you know, what's funny about husbands is I remember one year for my birthday, this was not my only present, but it was one of like three. My husband got me a meat thermometer mm-hmm. and I remember being like, what? Like, this is my birthday. And he's like, you're always worried about the meat. And if it's like cooked and you're always, you're always worried about it. And I was like, this is so weird and whatever. And if I don't use that thing like four times a week, it has been like (laughs) one of the most practical and well-loved gifts. Uh Yep. (laughs) So sometimes they do know, right? They do. They do. And I have to say like the body wipes in particular have come in handy at Disney. So Mm -hmm. when you have a moment where you do not have time to shower, you just want to like freshen up and wipe your arms down your legs or whatever. I also on days in the city, if I'm wearing sandals and I'm not taking a shower that night, I will use one just to wipe down my feet because yeah. your feet get grimy wearing sandals yeah. in the city. Um, so anyway, I, I'll have to link to those in the show notes. I would get nothing if anybody clicked it and, and got it. I, I just genuinely like it. So yeah. Um, 
All right. So after Fantasmic, how did you end up getting back to the boardwalk? Did you walk or take the boat? Yeah. You know, we decided to walk, right? Because our options are walking, boat, or Skyliner. And the Skyliner with the double stroller, we're going to have to fold it up and get off at Caribbean Beach and transfer. So the Skyliner is fun, but it's like the least practical way to get back. Mm-hmm. And then our kids both passed out in the stroller. And, you know, the boat, if there's space on the boat, you can leave your stroller open. So we actually took the boat back for our midday break and we were able to just leave our kids sitting in it and park it and it was fine. But at the end of the night, I figured the boat's going to be very crowded and they're going to ask people to fold up their strollers and make room for wheelchairs and things like that. So we just walked Mm -hmm. it, you know, again, it took like 15 minutes or so. And it was really nice to not have to get the sleeping kids out of the stroller or anything like that to get on public transportation. How do you handle when you get back to the hotel with them and they're sleeping? Do you just transfer yes. them directly into bed or how does that I work? don't because they have to go to the bathroom. So my four-year-old, it's easy enough to just like slip a pull-up on him without him like really waking. Mm-hmm. But my seven-year-old, it was it made me remember it's like it's like you're helping like a drunk friend or something. I kind of had to like pick him up under his armpits, carry him. And I'm just like, Ben, you need to go to the bathroom. You need to go to the bathroom. We're, we're at the hotel. Hi. Hey, buddy. You got to wake up. And he's like half awake. And I'm like, just, he has to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. And then he quickly goes to the bathroom. And then we just kind of carry him, like dragging his feet and throw him in the bed. And then he mm-hmm. falls right back to sleep. And I know that's a little gross. Like some people are like, absolutely not. I don't care if it's midnight. They're taking a shower. They're taking mm-hmm. a bath. But it was our last night. We were checking out in the morning. So I was fine just letting them sleep and, you know, freshening up in the morning. But I but I know people that are like, absolutely not. Would they put them into bed with their, you know, sweaty, dirty clothes? But I don't. They were already asleep. I just didn't want to wake them up too much. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You have to do what's best in the moment. Yeah. And based on the season of childhood that they're in. Yes. All right. So the next morning, you had mentioned a breakfast reservation at Trattoria Al Forno. Did you end up keeping that? You know what we ended up doing is going to Epcot. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, you know, my husband, Hollywood Studios is his favorite park, but both of us, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind is our favorite ride. Mm -hmm. So he was like, can we find a way to do Guardians of the Galaxy? And at first I was going to do hopper tickets and just head over there for that. And I was like, you know what? Let's not. Let's do Guardians of the Galaxy and let's do Epcot. So we did Epcot. So at 7 a.m., I got the virtual queue for Cosmic Rewind and I got a great group. It was like group 14. Our callback was like 9 a.m. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And we rope dropped Ratatouille, which we, we were on in 20 minutes, which was great. Got some breakfast in France. And then we did Test Track, which my kids love. And then we headed over to Cosmic Rewind. And we weren't sure if my four-year-old was going to be tall enough. He hasn't been yet. Mm -hmm. But he's grown a bit. And so we didn't tell him that it was even a possibility. We just, when we got to the ride, we were like, hey, like, just stand here. We just want to see if you're tall enough for this next trip, you know. Mm -hmm. And he was about an inch too short. But he knew that it meant something. And he started crying. And the cast member actually came over to us and gave us this little certificate and said, you know, the certificate basically says, like, when I'm tall enough to ride this ride, you get to, like, go through the lightning lane with your whole family. So that helped and made him feel better. Um, And we have another, you know, big trip down in December. So I'm hoping he grows that extra inch. And so we did rider swap and I did it with my seven-year-old and then my my husband rode with him. Um, And it's, again, absolutely 
incredible and amazing. And I just love that ride so much. And then I got a last minute reservation at Japan Edo. I never know how to say that in Japan Mm -hmm. because I knew my husband would like that. And my kids actually do eat like California rolls and rice Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that was a super fun, again, kind of a lot of dining opens up last minute. I got it like the night before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. Everything was delicious. Like every single thing we ate there was super good. The kind of entertainment, you know, the hibachi was really fun. My kids enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And it wound up being a really great um, kind of last minute addition. So we had actually snagged a last minute Space 220 reservation the day before. And after our experience at Rodeo Roundup, I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to pay another super expensive per person meal for them to possibly eat nothing, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but at Tapanito, I felt like the prices were really reasonable and I knew that they would eat decently mm-hmm. and they did. We had a great time. And that was lunch you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was lunch. And then I forget what we did after that. Oh, the frozen ride, which mm-hmm. is just super cute. And my four-year-old really, really likes. And then, oh, my poor husband, you know, he, had, it's so random. He was like, I want to do something different we haven't done before. Let's go to the American Pavilion and do the like American Adventure show. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is like, this has like Carousel of Progress written all over it. It looks boring. <laughs> and he's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And it's every like 45 minutes and it runs for half an hour. We went the first time and we were rushing to get there. And it was an 1145 show. And we got there at 1145 and they had closed the doors and they wouldn't let us in. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Then we had lunch at 1230. So we couldn't do that. And then we had a ride book. So we did that. And then we went back for the two o'clock show and we get there at like 145. So plenty of time. And I asked when they're going to start seating people. And they said, oh, probably in like 30 or 45 minutes. And I was like, but there's a two o'clock show. Oh, the two o'clock show is canceled. <laughs> Why? Oh, no. Some technical issue. So at that point, I was like, okay, hon, do you want to stick around for like another hour to see the show? And he was just like, forget it. (laughs) But I just felt bad because of all the things you could do at Epcot, he had fixated on this one weird random show and we tried twice and it just didn't happen. I have no idea if it's good. (laughs) It's okay. I mean, it's air conditioned. It didn't seem super exciting. (laughs) No, it's it's air conditioned and it's a great opportunity to rest your eyes because it's boring, right? <laughs> I mean, I I like to do it every once in a while. Probably, I don't know, every couple of years okay. I want to do it again just because I'm like, uh, I should do this again. It's been a while. His whole thing is he, you know, he went to Disney as a child and his whole thing is that he says Epcot is so different from when he was a kid. He has all these fond memories of Epcot and none of that stuff is like there anymore. And so I think for him, it was like, this is the kind of stuff he remembers doing as a kid with his family is like these random kind of shows and things. And so I think he wanted to do that and experience that with our kids. And I just felt really bad that, you know, it didn't end up happening. Um, I'm not sure anyone would have really enjoyed it, but your children would have been very bored. I I was like, it's 30 minutes long. That's really long time for, I mean, the carousel of progress kills me 
And that's like, again, if we need to rest our feet in, in air conditioning, we will do that. But even that, after five minutes, I'm like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> oh, I have to. I have a, a soft spot for Carousel of Progress. But um, how does he like living with the land if he's into the older stuff? You know, he enjoyed it the first time we did it. But his whole thing is always wanting to do something new and something different. So mm-hmm. when I told him our game plan for the day of like Frozen, Ratatouille, Test Track, Soren, Cosmic Refine, he was like, that's what we always do. Like, I want to do something different. And I was like, Ugh, okay, what do you want to do? So he starts like looking at the list of stuff. And that's when he was like, let's do this American adventure. So I think he likes it. He enjoys it. But I think his thing is like, he doesn't get a ton of enjoyment at doing the same rides over and over again. I totally do. Like every single time I love it. It's exciting and it's fun and you notice different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for him, he was just like, I want to do something we haven't done before. So um, he wasn't, he wasn't super. And then it, the kids were getting, it got so hot. It was the hottest day it's been since we've been down here. It was 95. Oh gosh. Which, it was horrible. And it just, we felt like our skin was, you know, burning. And at that point it was like two something, and we had already checked out of the hotel and dropped our bags at Bell Services. And he had um, he had like a flight back to New York scheduled that night. It eventually got canceled. And so we were kind of like, do we want to do Living with the Land? Do we want to do Soarin'? Like we do enjoy all these rides. Mm-hmm. And my kids were like, we just want to go home, like back to the house. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten my very first ever Disney blister on my foot oh, of gosh. all my trips. I've never gotten a blister. I don't know what happened. And I was uncomfortable. And so we all kind of like, let's just go. Like, again, we've been many times. We will be back many times. So we did not have time to do Living with the Land or Soren, which we do really enjoy. Wow, that is hot. 95. It was, I mean, because again, you know, it's been like 90, 91 and, and it feels hot, but like you're fine. And it's also when you're, when you're in the World Showcase and you're at like one part and you have to get around, mm-hmm. it's brutal because there's no shade. So we're walking through the World Showcase, and the issue was staying over at Boardwalk. We needed to exit through the World Showcase over by um, over by France, mm-hmm. and we're over like we went to that America thing, which is all the way in the middle. Mm-hmm. And there are boats, but I looked, and the boat was like way on the other side. I was like, it's going to take forever for this boat to get around here and take us back. So basically, having to walk like half the World Showcase to get over there. And it just, we really felt the heat. We had to stop and I had to like re-wet our cooling towels. And, you know, we have the cooling towels on our kids' legs and they're in the stroller with like the covers down and we have them on. We just kept taking turns, pushing the stroller. And then we had to walk back to Hollywood Studios. It was quite a bit. By the time we got back, we were like very hot, very sweaty. And I got in my car, which I had parked at Boardwalk and the seats were so hot, I couldn't even sit down. I had to just like reach in, put my foot on the gas pedal, turn on the car, blast the AC and get out of the car for like five minutes while it just aired out. And then I got in. Um, It was very, very hot. Wow. So besides cooling towels, do you do any of the fans or anything like that? Yeah, my kids, you know, forced us to buy those like in the parks, those cute blue and yellow like spray fans. Mm -hmm. Um, I, of course, didn't take them. I didn't take it to the park because I don't know what it is. When we're leaving from New York for a trip, I am, like, packing lists and planning and have every little thing. But being here so close, it seems so, like, non-urgent. So I didn't pack till like, 
30 minutes before we were leaving and I forgot multiple things. I brought like two shirts for myself. I ended up buying myself a new shirt at Epcot. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing? Um, so I forgot the fans, but we did have the cooling towels, which help a ton. And, you know, we always drink things like Gatorade or liquid IV and, you know, take lots of indoor breaks and things like that. And so it was mostly fine up until like one o'clock when you just really yeah. all of a sudden were like, oh my gosh. What time were you ending your day there to head out? It was like around three o'clock. Okay. Yeah. And then we, yeah, we went back to the hotel to grab our bags, got a nice iced coffee. Oh, one thing I will say about Boardwalk, because, you know, I've been staying at lots of different Disney properties. I feel like it's one of the only ones, I need to see if it is the only one, that doesn't have like a cafeteria that's just open breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It doesn't have that. So it, the Boardwalk Deli is their version of that. But there's... But you have to like go outside. You have to sit outside. Yes, you yeah. have to go outside to get to it. So even just to refill your refillable mug. Right. Um, and then there are not seats inside. So you're looking right. for a seat. Out. Yeah. For that reason, it's not one of my favorites over there. Yeah. Like if I'm going to stay in the Epcot area and I'm going to stay deluxe, I prefer the Beach Club. But. Right. So yeah, that was that was a big con that I noticed. Um, and also, so there's carousel coffee in the lobby, which is great. And it has like muffins, croissants, pastries, coffee, but it closes at 3.30, which mm-hmm. I think is way early. They were our first day there. I really wanted a coffee and it was like, I went and it was like 3.40 and they were closed. Yeah. I was like, okay. So the day we went back for our midday break, I set an alarm for 3.15 and when the alarm went off, I made my husband go down and get us coffees before they closed. <laughs> so I don't love that. Although that is great in the morning to grab a coffee or grab a pastry. But yeah, to not have that option of like, I got back and I just want to get like chicken fingers and fries for the kids or whatever, you know, is not great. Um, so that's a big, yeah, that's a big downside. But it is priced a lot better than like Beach Club as well. So that's yeah. possibly one of the reasons. Um, yeah, I think the pool at Beach Beach and Yacht um, really upped that per night cost. So. Yes. And of course, when we were waiting for a table at Beaches and Cream, my kids were like, we want to go to that pool. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I bet you do. And we will eventually on another trip. And yes, it, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> well, speaking of other trips, I want to ask for this staycation, did you learn anything that you will be doing differently on your next staycation, which I think is in less than two weeks? Um, I will definitely do a better job of packing. Um, and yeah, just kind of learning your route in the morning. So I knew we could walk to Hollywood Studios, so I didn't think anything else of that. But there's like two ways to get out of the main lobby and one takes you down to the boardwalk and one takes you out to the parking lot. So our morning of Hollywood studios, I'm like, okay, great. Let's head out to the boardwalk. But that was wrong. That's the right way to go to Epcot. If you're going to Hollywood studios that way, you kind of have to walk at least where, where our room was mm-hmm. in like the boardwalk in not the villas. We kind of had to go out towards the boardwalk and we would have had to walk all the way around the villas. So we went back in the lobby and exited towards the parking lot. And then the walking path to Hollywood Studios was much shorter. But we even then got a little turned around because there wasn't any super clear signage of like, where's the path? I see people over there. How do we get there? And we ended up just like going through some grass and some like pebbles and rocks to get to the path. So I would definitely take a look at the map on the app and really know like, okay, 
where exactly am I going in the morning? Because we probably lost like eight minutes, which is not huge, but I was annoyed that we, you know, I'm a planner and I'm always planning this stuff and I didn't know exactly where we were going in the morning. Um, so especially if you're not, if you're not just taking a bus, knowing where you're going and how you're getting there, or if you are taking a bus, knowing like exactly where the bus stop is. And, you know, um, also, you know, my plan had been to mobile order food from the Boardwalk Deli that morning mm-hmm. and grab, grab it on our way to Epcot on the Sunday. And I just forgot and we didn't have a ton of time. And then as we're walking there, it's like there's a line of people and I didn't want to wait in the line. So then we kind of didn't have breakfast, you know, until later. So just kind of planning, okay, if there's not a cafeteria, how am I getting my breakfast? Do I need to mobile order it ahead of time? And again, looking at things like what time does this dining close, right? Not everything is open at the same hours. So I should have pre-known that Carousel Coffee closes at 3.30, things like that. So just kind of taking a look at your resort to know where everything is, what time things are open, and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing this staycation with us and all your tips and tricks. And I hope that if you ever want to come back, that we could do it again sometime. For sure. I'm super excited to listen along and hear, you know, everyone else's trips and things as well. Yeah. And we'll make sure to have Lauren's information in the show notes so that if anybody is looking for a travel planner, you can reach out to her for that service. So thank you again and have a magical rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you again to Lauren for being willing to talk about your fantastic, or should I say phantasmic, summer and this special staycation in particular. If you are planning a Disney or Universal vacation, Lauren would love to help you. And as a reminder, her services are free of charge since Disney pays her commission directly after you've completed your trip. You can find the link to her website in the show notes, and from there, you'll also find the links for her Instagram and Facebook pages, as well as the answers to some of her most frequently asked questions she hears as a travel planner. That is all for today, but I hope that you will consider subscribing to the podcast so you can be notified about future episodes. And while you are there, if you'd like to leave a review, that would be very much appreciated as it will help others find the show. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep daydreaming about where you want to be. 